0: Nice snap. Rip. Keeps it himself. Goldman Riff is headed to the sideline. Can he get to the first down? He stays in bounds. Heads up field. Gets a block. Can you catch him? He tripped. Stays on his feet and he's down inside the five.
1: Welcome to the Tiger Sports Livestream Network Podcast. Happy Monday, everyone, and welcome into the podcast number 15 for the Grinnell Tiger Sports Livestream Network. This is an exciting week for us here on the podcast. Blake and I traveled to Iowa City, Iowa last Thursday and sit down with our special guest, Seth Wallace. Uh, Really excited to hear what Seth has to say. I think everyone else will be as Grinnell Tiger alumni and Iowa Hawkeye fans. So let's take a short word from our sponsor, Polly Eyes Pizza, and we'll dive right back into that.
2: Hey there, I'm Joey Poliai, third generation owner of Poliai's in Grinnell. Since 1957, we've been serving you the flavors you savor. Dine in, carry out, or pick up our frozen pizzas for a night in. Our promise to you, everything is made from scratch, and we only use the freshest ingredients, guaranteed. Plus, get your kids signed up for our Pags Pals program to get free pizza and shirts. Visit poliaisgrinnellia.com or ask your server how to sign up. See you soon at Poliai's Pizza Grinnell on 5th Ave. between Main and Broad Street. Special guest. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the Tiger Sports
0: Live Stream Network. Blake and Dan coming at you from Iowa City, Iowa, here at the Iowa Hawkeye football facilities. We have our uh, a huge honor and pleasure to sit in with uh, Iowa linebacker and recruiting coordinator coach uh, Seth Wallace. Seth, thank you for letting us come in during this coming into a busy time in Iowa Hawkeye football uh, season. Um, we really appreciate you letting us come in here.
3: Well, thanks, Dan. And, uh, and Blake, we you know, really appreciate it on our end. Um, you know, Anytime we have the opportunity to, to be around folks that, that are interested in, in what we're doing and, and the program, it's, you know, it's an honor for us to be in front of them and, and have a chance to share a little bit of background and, and provide a little bit of perspective on you know, Iowa football and, and, and our program and you know kind of what we've done, what our background you know is like
0: well we'll talk about Iowa uh, football in a little bit but I guess we'll start out right from the beginning for you you were born in Danville, Kentucky, is that correct?
3: That's correct. Uh,
0: pretty nice population about 15-16,000. You grew up there most of what was it probably like eight or nine years you were probably there. Um, I guess talk a little bit about uh, what it was like growing up in Kentucky of all places and what kind of your family <laughs> did to start. Uh, not that Kentucky nothing's wrong with Kentucky, but I mean, just tell us a little bit about what you did growing up. Did you play any sports as a young one?
3: yeah it, uh, you know I guess my my background's a little bit unique because you know I grew up a, a college football coach's son. Um, my father was was also a baseball coach. Um, you know, at, uh, when he when he got to Grinnelli, he, he actually took over the golf program as well. So, and I guess I've been very fortunate to be around um, sports my majority of my life. But you know, from a from a unique standpoint of of growing up, you know, it was you, you were always around college kids. You know, whether they were whether they were on the field or or they were in your living room babysitting you, you know, it just, we, we in fact lived on, on the college campus, uh, when we were at Center College in Danville, Kentucky, our, our residence was at the base of a, at the base of a dormitory. And, um, you know, we were, we were around the college life 24 seven. So, you know, for my brother and I and, um, mom and dad, that's, that's where it all started. But, you know, it's, it's a little bit unique when, when you're growing up in a, being raised in a dorm and on a college campus and around, you know, around sports, you know, 24/7.
0: Your dad was pretty successful at Center College, five titles in ten years. What was the? I mean, even though you were young, did you have any thoughts of, you know, the move from Kentucky to Iowa when he took the job in '88 for the Grinnell College coaching job?
3: You know, not, not back then. It, it wasn't. You know, I think, I think I was ten, and and my brother Adam may have been eight at that time when we made that transition so it wasn't uh you know i don't i don't know that we were affected by it like you know like maybe you would be in your Mm mid-teens because there was there was conversation at one point in time you know that i do recall when i was in my mid-teens you know when my father had had an opportunity to to leave grinnell college and go somewhere else and and that came with a lot of backlash from from my my brother and i i mean that was that was certainly not the time that either one of us wanted to take on new friendships and, you know, be in a different place that, you know, that we weren't familiar with. But, you know, when we made that move from, from Danville, Kentucky to, to Grinnell, Iowa, you know, I, I don't recall it being, um, you know, that hard of a transition.
1: Well, at that point with uh, Grinnell, the way the school system was kind of set up, so you that would probably have been fourth grade, fifth grade, somewhere yeah, in grade. there. So you probably come into one of the town that had their schools that located, you know, in their three sections and then within two years it was like being mixed to a whole new group of kids when you went to middle school or junior high at that time. Yep, yeah,
3: that's correct. We both of us went to, to Fairview Elementary and then and then transitioned, you know, shortly after that to middle school and you know, it was it was good. It was you know, we were we were living, you know, three blocks away from, from Fairview and um, you know, so it, it we quickly you know, we quickly adapted and and had some real strong relationships with, you know, with kids in, in our general neighborhood, um, you know, relationships that are still strong to this day.
1: When when your dad was the offensive coordinator at center, do you remember going to, like, all those ball games and, I mean, was football a part to watch or was it more that, oh, dad's doing that and we want to play football while he's doing that?
3: Yeah, I think uh... – you know, I think back then probably like it is. Um, you know, not so much as as it would be for for my our eight-year-old boy right now. You know, he's confined to Kinnick Stadium. Um, you know, so he's he's got a seat, he's got a ticket, and um, you know, it's a little bit different at the Division Three level where you've got you know, you've got a little bit more open air. You've got you know a stadium that's not. Um, you know, filled to its capacity, and, and you're not you're not inside a bunch of walls. So I, I would imagine, I can't recall back then, but my guess is, you know, I wasn't paying a whole lot of attention to the football game. It's probably more like those at, uh, at Grinnell High School games with the little kids, you know, oh, running okay. around wherever they can find a piece of grass and, you know, play a pickup game of, of football or, um, you know, whatever it is.
0: So you got into high school. Uh, you obviously played football, I assume, all four years. Did you play any other sports while you were there?
3: When I was in high school, you know, it was it was football, um, basketball, baseball, uh, golf, and then my senior year I went out for track. Mm-hmm. We were we were able to manage it um, from a relay standpoint. I was on two different relays. We were we were able to manage it where I was able to to play the golf season but still be able to um, to run track. And, and we had a, we had a pretty good relay that you know my senior year
0: did you see it as an advantage uh, to play all those sports in high school when it came to each single sport? Like did playing basketball help you in football or did, you know, vice versa? Yeah, I think
3: it's, you know, certainly an advantage from, from an, from an athletic standpoint. Um, You know, the, the, the beauty of playing, you know, four sports, um, which is, you know, that's in the minority now that doesn't, you, you don't find too many four sport athletes, but you know, rewind whatever it's been twenty, you know, twenty three, twenty four years. You, know, you go back to that point in time. There wasn't a blend of seasons like there is right now. Um, you know, the the seasons have expanded. They've started to blend together. There's a lot of overlap, and because of that, you're finding less and less. You know, for sport athletes, but you know, from from my standpoint, as I sit here in this chair, and what's important to our program here, you know, anytime we can find you know at the bare minimum a two sport athlete but you know a three or or even that odd you know occasion that you may find a four sport athlete it's it's real important to us because the one thing it does is it you know it keeps a young man um or a young woman competitive you know year round and that's you know that that's what you know that's what's important you know when it comes to you know when it comes to being an athlete and being successful and facing adversity and you know everything that comes with it but being competitive year-round is is real important to us and that's not you know that's probably not the case you know anymore it certainly it, it isn't i know for a fact that right. you're finding less and less you know four sport athletes
1: so you were in high school coach dunn started in 92 was when he took the program over from coach Kriegel. So. The program would have been. I see, I think your junior. You're probably in '96. Mm-hmm. Uh, freshman, a sophomore year. Did you play? Get any varsity time as a freshman a sophomore?
3: Um, no, I think I, I may have gotten moved up for one game my sophomore year. But you know they were they were pretty competitive. You know, in front of us, and and there were some there were some good players that you know were were ahead of. Um, you know, myself, other teammates that, that we had, um, you know, because we ended up having a, a fairly good year my senior year. But, yes. you know, those those that were ahead of us, you know, there there wasn't a whole lot of those spots were filled know, and yes. they did a good job at yep. it.
1: Well, one thing, the, the note that Coach Dunn said that in 92 when he took over, you know, the change of really integrating not only football practices but the weightlifting took a big change all the way up and he said in his podcast that we had with him that you were your class and he specifically noted you as one of the leaders that grabbed a hold of the whole encompass of the football practice and weightlifting and encouraged others that it's all important and I just didn't know if you wanted to not to point you out like that but he had a lot of good things and remarks on that as he really admired your leadership as a junior and senior on those years
3: yeah i think uh i think coach dunfrey had his hands full you know with with me and um (laughs) but i i do think over i do think over time um you know the the group of guys that we had on that team you know, my, my junior year, my senior is, as, as we started to get some traction going, um, you know, some of them, you know, I'm still very close to this day. You know, I just, I, I think it was probably more the nucleus than it was any one certain, you know, or the, you know, the group of us, you know, the encompassing parts that, you know, that, that really helped, you know, move that needle and, and get that thing going. Cause you know, we, we had, we had a little bit of success my senior year, but you know, the years to follow, um, 98 you was know, one of the yeah. best years of ever I mean, ride. it's, yeah. you know, that I, I think they just kept that baton and, and kept, you know, moving it forward and, and, and they probably, you know, took a lot of the characteristics maybe from, you know, from the group of guys that, that I played with, um, and then, and then just kept moving the needle forward. And I, I think that's probably more, you know, what, you know, I would be, you know, pleased with is just to see how far that needle moved, mm-hmm. you know, as, as we, you know, as we graduated and moved on. And, you know, I got to see it firsthand, you know, cause my brother was, my brother was behind me, um, two years behind me and I got a chance to see him kind of go through that and, you know, see how that thing all unfolded.
1: Right. Well, and there's, there's always things about Grinnell football people talk about and, you know, it you could win games and you could be successful for three or four games but it's when those winning seasons keep going. And as you said, the baton being handed off, that's where the word tradition comes into play. And that's really, it was the start of the years of the tradition of Grinnell football winning. Because if you go back in some of the history of Grinnell, there wasn't that many bright days, you know, back in the 80s and especially going back before that. So. It was the first time that Grinnell started a year after year, slowly put down wins. And, you know, when we interviewed Jim and talked about nine district championships, you know, that's pretty impressive for a coach that coached 18 years to go half of them were district championships. So it says a lot for, I guess, coach, but he never said coach. He always reverted back to players and assistant coaches is what made these championships come in. So,
3: yeah, some some real, I mean some real good people and and you know the coaches um, I would agree with you most importantly and and I, I think I think a lot of it you, you do need to trace back to to Steve Kriegel and you know the foundation that was there and then the continued culture building that the gym the gym had and you know he he sustained, you know, a lot of success over a long period of time and you know, I think the biggest part of that is you you go back and you look at that coaching staff, like there wasn't a whole lot of moving parts. Right. And, you know, that's – you know, I, I think players appreciate that when, you know, when you're not seeing a revolving door of coaches, you know, because with that comes a different philosophy, a different mentality, a different way of doing things. And, and if you know what the standard is, you know, going into it, you know, as, as a freshman – and then that same standard is there when you're a senior, and you've got, and you've got the same leaders, the same coaches, you know, preaching the same things. That to me is when you start, you know, sustaining success, and 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 I think that's, you know, that's what Grinnell High School, you know, at, at least from afar right now, you know, that's a little bit of what I'm starting to see is, you know, just trying to to re, revamp or rebuild that culture, mm-hmm. right? You know, figure out what the foundation needs to look like and then see see how much you can build from there.
0: Yep. Cuz in 1995, your sophomore season Grenell went 1 and 8. Do you still like you said, was it team chemistry because the next year that you go 9 and 2 win the district and go to playoffs. That doesn't happen a lot. Is it do you contribute it to the team chemistry or I mean, how does a football program just snap go like switch gears and immediately turn around. Do you think it was just the class coming in or was it your class specifically? (laughs) Were you that coincidence (laughs) that Grinnell went nine and two? Or I mean, you know, what what do you contribute it to?
3: No, I I don't think I don't think it's again, I I don't think it's any you know, any one person. I I don't know that, you know, Jim certainly wouldn't take credit for it. I don't know that you'd find any member of of our team taking credit for it. I just I really think it's the strength of your parts and you know the the more that that comes together the more that you believe in each other and the culture you know is is consistent i I think that's where you know that's that's where it comes from and you know uh, you you see it happen every year i mean there's there's plenty of programs that have gone from you know from the from the outhouse to the penthouse you know over over the course of a year a lot of things got to go right right um you know and and certainly some things went right for us and and we got that thing headed in the right direction but you know i i just think it's it's more about you know it's more about the you know the parts strengthening than mm-hmm. than it is about one one individual or one thing mm-hmm. in
0: 1997 the record still holds your team still holds the most uh, shutouts in the season at 5 so all these years you guys must have had a pretty good defense
3: we we did yeah. we did and I, you know i i was more on the offensive side right. of the ball but yeah we i mean we we played we played some good football um mm-hmm. you know that year and you know there there were some guys on that team that that went on and you know played college football mm-hmm. and and that's you know that's not to i mean you sorry you gotta go back and you gotta look at that junior class that was was on that team as right. well i mean there were some real good players on that junior mm-hmm. class that you know that went on and and did some you know did some things mm-hmm. you know football wise later in their career but you know I think the one thing that you would find. When you go back and look at it, is, um, and and where you talk about that strength, you know, a lot of a lot of those teammates, you found yourself lining up and playing basketball with, right? Or you found yourself lining up and playing baseball with, right? You know, and it you just so you, you kept
1: know, the nucleus of saying not only friendship but it was like a team unity all the way through school, no matter oh my what goodness. you
3: did. Yeah, it was. You, you, I mean, you you're on the same bus headed to. You know Davis County. You know to play a play a baseball game. That, you know the the same same guys are headed down there to play a football game. Right. And you know, or headed to Mount Pleasant or you know or Sheraton. And and I think that's you know that that's the one thing that's lost now in high school sports because of not necessarily the individuals, but because of the blending of seasons. Right. And 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 then individuals believing that you know that they can't. They can't do, you know, that that season that merges with them, you know, right. and that's that's unfortunate because it, you were able to do that back then. You were able to take a week off, you know, and not feel like you were missing anything. But now, you know, those seasons are just, you know, they get going so long, and then you start talking about, you know, I, I can't recall, I can't recall us doing, you know, all this stuff that they're doing in the summer from a football standpoint, <laughs> and yeah. and and that's not to like you. You know, I, I get it. I mean, there's stuff that we do around here that, you know, 15 years ago you weren't doing. And you look at it and you're like, well, that's crazy. Why, you know, why are we doing this? Yeah. But, you know, that, you know, nowadays that would force somebody to to think twice about doing baseball in the summer. Mm-hmm. You know, if all of the football teammates are out there. You know, going to seven on seven and doing this and doing that. Right, I mean, that's right. that's probably the best example you can give. Yeah,
1: and you know, when when you think back to you know growing up in in the 90s, and I grew up in the late 80s, is you you had AU sports, or you had like the baseball that goes on in the summertime, but it was always after your regular season was done. And you know, we have so many kids that they're playing AU basketball through football, they're through AU baseball through football or they are they're playing iowa sticks all all year round uh during basketball season it used to be you never even heard of doing an au tournament until the season tournament basketball tournament was over in des moines and these kids are you know they're playing au with other kids you know iowa city has the hub down here the iowa tits you know all that stuff goes on yep. and it's like how are these kids even focusing on the sport they should be playing together at home. It, and it granted, the AU stuff is competitive. It takes them to levels that they're never going to play probably as a high school. But it seems like it's pulling them away from number one, which would be take care of your home. Yep. And it's kind of it's crazy. But
3: yep, it's a, it's a message that we try to you know we try to echo around here when when it comes to recruiting is you know just be the best teammate you can be you know, with the teammates that you're going to line up with during your season and not necessarily the, you know, the ones that, you know, you, you're going to see their face for four or five weeks out of the summer and then you may never see them again because they're being pulled from, you know, this school, that school to create some, you know, some team. And One more question why
1: we're talking high school to finish up. With in high school playing football, you have Coach Dunn as a coach, but also you have – Coach Wallace as a coach slash dad. What is that like having the dynamics, right? and maybe your dad pulled back, but having two coaches—one that us you have to answer to uh, on the field—and number two, was your dad very critical of you when you walked in the door and say, "Why did you do that?"
3: <laughs> no, I I don't know that I don't know that that ever came up. <laughs> um, you know, I I do I I do think to describe it would be you know he did step back and and i think that's you know that's out of you know out of respect you know to you know the coaching profession that you're not going to get overly involved um as a parent and you know i i guess i appreciated that because it wasn't like i was hearing it on both ends right um you know i don't know that he ever coached me you know in regards to you know, the fundamentals at, at a certain position because he knew that that, you know, and as as we know it, as, as coaches here with, you know, with high school kids coming in, like everybody's taught differently. And, you know, we, we tell our kids when they leave our camp here at Iowa that, you know, we, we taught you today in a matter of three hours how to do it the way we do it here at Iowa. But as soon as you go back to your hometown and, and, and you're around your coaches, like just because we told you one way to do it, that doesn't make it, it doesn't make it the right way you know and and i think my father you know probably shared that same opinion so you know it was more it was more there for you know for for support in other ways and and less of the less of the coaching um you know maybe more of the mentoring
1: that right there elevates your dad to be a dad question. you know a good dad that i there's so many kids we just got done doing the baseball season and you know the parents that there's parents that objectively say things, but then there's parents that, you know, make a comment of, I told you, you should have done it this way. Or, you know, so many times, and it's not so much Grinnell, but we sit right in the press box where we can see the visitors team. And as soon as the first game of the double headers out, I mean, a kid who's pitching or, or hitting, there's parents out there, you're dripping, you're dropping your shoulder too much. Are you doing this and doing that? It's like, and the coach is standing right on the other side of the fence, just with his head down, shaking. And you know, it's and and that parent's not even a coach. That's just that's <laughs> the other side of a every a, parent's a, a dad. coach. What are you talking
0: about? <laughs> so, oh, that's cool to hear about your dad, though. We'll move on into college. You went to co College, being a wide receiver in Grinnell. Why choose Coe College? Uh, I assume you obviously had other offers from around the state, possibly around the Midwest. But in the end, why did you choose Coe? I,
3: you know, I would I would take it back, you know, I was never, um, you know, I guess I, I would consider myself an accomplished athlete, and you know, I guess somewhat of an accomplished football player, and um, but I was never, you know, I was never of the the level, you know, in terms of scholarships. Like right. it just, you know, it it wasn't that, and um, and I was okay with that. So finding finding a program, you know, that that was similar to what I had grown up around, you know, and, and I was, I was fortunate because I had grown up around it, had been a part of, you know, you know, numerous opportunities to be on different college campuses um, around the Midwest um, and, and even further than that, that, you know, I had a pretty good idea of, you know, where some of the stronger football programs existed, you know, so when, when recruiting started, it was, you know, it was on a much smaller scale than, than, you know, than what we do here at Iowa. But, You know something just you know i guess you know pulled me in that direction and you know still staying you know somewhat close to my family was was important um but being around a strong program was was also you know equally as important and you know having a chance to um you know to go there and you know play with some guys that i was familiar with right um, throughout the state that we had had a chance over you know whatever it was three or four years of high mm-hmm. school football to line up against, you know was also important. So I, I just I think there was you know three or four different different reasons that that pulled me towards Coe, and you know I was able to line up and play against some real good you know some real good football mm-hmm. players, but more importantly guys that that I was somewhat familiar with that that now I have you know have extremely strong relationships with
0: and. You lettered all four years at Co. so uh, what was it like to go in immediately and start playing? You know, sometimes some people just got to kind of sit and wait, but for you, it was you're in.
3: Yeah, I think you may want to go back and look at those letters because letters are handed out a little (laughs) bit easier, I think, in college. That was just what was on the
0: Hawkeye website.
3: You got to remember, there's no scholarships involved, so they have to do something to try to to keep you around and make you feel good. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was you know to have the opportunity to go on and play four years of college football and and line up and you know have a you know have a significant role all four years you know that's what the division 3 level allows kids the opportunity to do right. you know versus you know maybe the division 1 level where you got to come in you you know you're redshirt for a year you know, you continue to, to gain strength and size and speed, you know, for another two years, and you may end up playing by your junior year. Right. It was a little bit different. I, had, You know, I had an opportunity to play my, my freshman year on a much smaller scale, but um, did that for four years and, and had a great experience.
1: So your your first year at Co. back home in Grinnell, Iowa, your dad takes his college football team to the best season the Grinnell College has ever had. Was there ever a second thought and say, why didn't I play for Dad? Or did was that always never never a question?
3: <laughs> I think you, I think your listeners, if if any of them if any of them know me well enough, they'd know that I didn't have the opportunity to play for my dad, because um, that's that's on a different level than college academically. But, um, my father, or excuse me my my father had the opportunity to coach coach my my younger brother Adam, and um, you know there's times where you look back at it and you say, boy, that would be. That would have been an unbelievable experience. Um, I did have a chance to, to line up and play against my father. Um, yes, you know, one time that. and yep. um, and came out on the the right side of that that game. Um, you know, personally, but um, that was that was an emotional experience. But you know, never having the chance to, you know, to play for him at the college level, I guess I could, um, you know, I'd take it back to, you know, when he did have an opportunity to coach me you know, in, in little league baseball, you know, I had I had I had that opportunity, which, you know, I, I think that's one thing that that level of college environment allows or, or provides you from a parenting standpoint is he did have some flexibility to to help coach our you know, our youth league. So, you know, I I was around him, you know, in in, in that way, but, you know, I didn't I didn't have the chance to play for
0: him in college. You know. So after you played you coached at Co. Uh, tight ends and wide receivers coach uh, was that where I assume they were quite excited to have you on because of your success. But what was it like transitioning from player to coach in that sort of position? Obviously, finished success because Coe went on to you know do pretty well in two thousand two. But you know what was that like?
3: Yeah, it was uh, you know it was an interesting transition, and you know I I recall I think it may have been our our second to last game my senior year would have been a bus trip, um, if I'm not mistaken. And on the way back our our head coach, Eric Rayburn, um, was our head coach at the time. He was walking, you know, walking back maybe to use the restroom in the in the bus and he stopped and, and that's when he made that initial Hey, you know, I know, you know, this season's winding down, you know, if have, have you thought about what you want to do, you know, after football and um and he, he then provided me with the opportunity to to start my coaching career um, at Coe, and and did that for two years, and and had a great experience. But um, you know, there there was a point after you know after you've been around you know so long you know as a as a player, and then you know as a coach, you you got to you know you got to start to you know to you know branch out a little bit and get away from your comfort zone, and right. and that's when I had the opportunity to to leave Coe and and go on to you know coach at another college.
1: Mm-hmm. So in, in those going into college, was that kind of in your head that you wanted to be a coach into the extended level of collegiate football, or did you have a second path ready to go just in case?
3: Yeah, I don't. I don't know if there, I don't <laughs> know if there was a second path. Um,
1: well, that's always the best. That it remind you put yourself right on your path. And yeah, you, don't I think, stop.
3: you know, I think I kn- I think I knew it was. Um, you know i think i think i knew in some way i wanted to be involved in some type of you know eventually some type of leadership role um you know n- not necessarily coaching but you know something that involved teamwork and um you know so there were there were a couple other things that i you know i i had a little bit of interest in but you know when that opportunity was provided to you know to to get into coaching you know i guess the first thing was is you know my my uh you know my thought of well how do you get into coaching and then I never had to you know I never had to figure that out because it was it was brought to me you know before before my senior year was over with so you know I felt like maybe okay here's here's a chance to figure out if this is what you want to do and you know it, it didn't take long for me to figure that out.
0: 2004 you headed to Lake Forest same kind of division as Grinnell College obviously I assume that's when you ended up taking on your dad Um, you were the offensive coordinator and they just so happened to be top in passing and uh, uh, just really good offensively Uh, what do you contribute there do you take that knowledge from Coe and bring it there and do you think that was the biggest part or you know was were you surrounded by just a really good coaching staff and a good team that were able to push you to that?
3: yeah, it was probably a good quarterback and good receivers. you know if 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 you are looking at you know maybe the numbers from back then, but you know that was also a that was also a very stable environment. Um, you know it, they had a very good foundation. They had a very good culture. they had you know they had kids much like we had um you know at Co college that. Um, that that were there for the right reasons they wanted to be there because it provided them an opportunity to play football but they also knew that they had a chance to, to get a you know a great academic experience out of it but um, you know the the opportunity to to be on the offensive side of the ball because that that would have been you know those those years would have been the last time I was on the offensive right. side of the ball um, that was you know that was my background um, for for you know, maybe the first four or five years of my career was mm-hmm. on the offensive side. And it, it provides you with, you know, the perspective you need being on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I think more, you know, to, to what you were asking about, probably more had to do with the culture and the players. Right, and yeah. we, had, we had some real good, you know, juniors and seniors on, on those teams, some mm-hmm. veteran teams.
1: Right. So on, when you actually met Grinnell, was it, did you come to Grinnell or did Grinnell come to Lake Force?
3: You know, my only, and it's it's bad to say this, but you start talking about twenty some years of coaching, and (laughs) you know, at a minimum, you know, let's say ten games a year. Like, you know, I don't really recall the the times coaching against my father. It was that one time that I co played that I played against him. That you know, I know exactly what happened. Um, What did happen? There was there we we ran a reverse that that was given to me that you know i ran around for a touchdown that kind of you know turned Mm -hmm. turned the game and um but you know coaching wise i don't you know i I guess i don't know if it's if it's just different or Mm -hmm. if it's been that long ago that you know i I don't
1: sometimes you choose that to remember
3: i (laughs) remember my my guess is we won those games but um you know, I don't know that they were as impactful right. as... So, know.
1: the game that you played in, was Adam playing at... No. With you, so, he no. wasn't in Mm-mm. Yeah.
3: No. No.
1: So in- I would have been a
0: triple hitter there. That, <laughs> <Yeah. too. laughs> <Yeah>. that would have <laughs> yes. been cool. Also, in 2006, you get to come to Iowa. Uh, to a degree, and you get to coach a little bit. What's that like? I mean, Iowa, obviously 2005, 2004, 2002, obviously had a great year um you know what's it like to come to a big 10 program i mean it's got to be a little bit overwhelming
3: <laughs> yeah it was uh you know it's probably a point in my career where you know you <clears throat> you know i I guess i that time i was five or six years into it and um you know you come to a fork in the road and it's either you know you you continue down the same path you know that that you're accustomed to that you saw your father you know take mm-hmm. at the right. division three level or you take a leap of faith and uh, you try it out at the Division One level. Mm. Um, at the, you know, at the very least, I felt like, you know, I had, at that time I had an opportunity to to um, to work for, you know, arguably one of the best defensive minds um, in the history of college football in Norm Parker. So yep. at the very least, it was to me a three-year investment into, you know. Getting my doctorate in defensive football, right? You know, just being around, you know, an unbelievable human being, but more so an unbelievable coach. And looking back at it, you know, obviously it was a it was a very good decision. But at the time, it was one of those where, you know, okay, let's see if you can set your career, you know, maybe in a different direction mm-hmm. than than you know than what you saw your father do, which, um, you know. Trust me, I had, you know I, I could have coached at the Division three level as well, right. and, and and been very happy because of what that provides, you know, family and family time and all that sort of stuff. But you know that you know two thousand and six kind of you know changed the course of my career mm-hmm. and um, you know and and have been around you know some real good coaches because mm-hmm.
0: of it. You've also been around good players. Uh, you've coached with Tyler Sash, uh, Mitch King, Pat Anger, Greenway you know watching those players grow into you know very successful football players i mean what's what's that like knowing that you coached them and you know you were able to kind of help them aid their career along
3: yeah i think i think i played maybe a small role mm-hmm. in the ones that that you mentioned um you know whether it be tyler sash or brett greenwood um you know being around mitch king pat anger like my my role as a graduate assistant here mm-hmm. 06 07 08 was was on a smaller scale but right. yet you know you you were you know you you were asked to do some things that you know you may not be asked to do other places right. you know around the country as a graduate assistant mm-hmm. I mean coach Ferentz expects you to if you're going to be here you're going to be coaching mm-hmm. um and and I think because of that that you know that just allowed me to continue to grow instead right. of just collecting information like it was you know earn your doctorate but you know, actually go out there and, and work for it mm-hmm. at the same time. But, um, you know, my impact on those players would be, you know, probably minimal, mm-hmm. you know, at that point in time. But, you know, the opportunity to be around them and see say, them yeah. grow, yeah. you know, has impacted my career right. so know, significantly.
1: Seth, when you came, how does that process work of coming to be a graduate assistant? Is it you, cut, you commit for your education and then the graduate coaching job is – are they tied together? Or how did – yeah, they're, they're. How does that whole thing work to get here? To yeah, they're tied
3: together, and and it's a, um, you know, I would say that I, I'm very fortunate, and to be honest with you, probably very lucky that I had the opportunity to come here as a graduate assistant because they're, they're they're arguably more sought out. Those jobs are more sought out than you know maybe being the linebacker coach at Iowa. To be honest with you, because I I think being the linebacker coach at Iowa is probably, you know, you filter out, you know. X amount of where a graduate assistant, I mean that's that's the that's the green the greenest position you got, you know, it, it in our foundation of, of any program across the country and so there's thousands of you know, of applicants that, you know, wanna be a graduate assistant because they just wanna get their foot in the door, you know, at this level. And and I was fortunate that when when I was over at Lake Forest College, um, I had an opportunity to share an office with a guy by the name of Chuck Bulla, um, who was he was on Dick Duran's staff with the Chicago Bears, whatever that would have been 0405 when when they got fired, and and Chuck Bulla was under contract for another year, and and didn't you know didn't want to go move his family to you know any you know, random job, so he decided to, you know, to stay in Lake Forest and wanted to help us coach, so I shared an office with, with Chuck, well, you know, ironically, Chuck played linebacker for Norm Parker when Norm Parker was at Michigan State, hmm. so Chuck asked, you know, one day when we were sitting in the office, if you ever want to be a graduate assistant, let me know, and I can at least get the bug in, in Norm's ear, and that's how it all happened.
1: Well, it's kind of a unique thing that, so we have college football players that, are alumni to the university of Iowa, but it, there's very few college football coaches that are alumni because of their coaching.
0: Right.
3: That's right.
1: <laughs> yep. So
0: kind of an honor. Yeah. Yep. From Iowa to Georgia. Yeah. Let me get this name right. Is it Valdosta state? Val- Valdosta state. Valdosta state. So you're at Iowa. So you obviously get your um, master's and masters. Yep. master's. Yep. Got my master's at Iowa. Yep. Um, So you go down to Georgia in 2009. Uh, What was that like to become the defensive coordinator down there for Division II program?
3: I initially went down there as the secondary coach and special teams coordinator. Um, And if you know the the whole the whole thing with being a graduate assistant is it is it's a three year appointment, and you know after three years you're done. There's no you can't just extend you know being a graduate assistant. So there's there's turnover you know continued turnover in those positions so after three years which would have been the the end of the 08 season um you know i knew i had to find a job somewhere and um and and i had a couple opportunities at different places but valdosta state is (coughs) valdosta state's one of the stronger division two programs in in all of the country Mm -hmm. i mean it's um i mean they they're They're very good, um, you know, to include a national championship this past year. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I felt like that was, you know, again, to try to get outside of your comfort zone, you know, I felt like an opportunity to go to a strong football program Mm -hmm. that's nationally known but is down in the southeast where I, you know, I hadn't spent – you know anytime Mm -hmm. i felt like that would give me a chance to you know run into some new people and and build some relationships down there you know through the coaching profession that you know that may benefit myself down the road and you know so we were down there for three or excuse me for five years Mm
0: -hmm. 2012 they won the division two title while you were there against winston salem state uh you guys won 35 to 7 i think was the final score or something but um you know what's it like to win a division two championship? Some people say ah, it's division two, but it still means a lot. And you know what what is that like? Obviously, you're not on the big stage. You're not on ABC primetime. You're on ESPN. You, if anything, watching. But I mean, what does that mean to those players that you know who have worked so hard? And especially for you and your coaching staff, along with Coach Dean and everyone else.
3: Yeah, I think it. Uh, I think if anything, you know, experiencing it at the time, you don't you don't quite get the magnitude Mm -hmm. of it and i think a lot of that has to do and this is this is why you you can really appreciate you know northern iowa north dakota state Mm -hmm. you know south dakota south dakota state and in those programs because they are forced to by the way that those levels are set up they're Mm -hmm. forced to go through a playoff system which you know that's why you can also you know get excited when the nfl goes to the playoffs because it's you know, it's one game and you're out. Yeah. And at any at any point in time you can you know, you can stumble and, and mm-hmm. fall and right. you know, then, That's it. then you're out of it. Yeah. Um you know, where where at our level they've started to go to that, you know, with a playoff and that playoff the may four team, it yeah. may expand um because of you know, what's being done in the NFL, because of what's being done, you know, at the one double A level like it, FCS, yeah. You know, it, it could it could happen, but you know, that was my first you know, that was my first time being around it Mm -hmm. you know on that scale we we went to the playoffs you know one year when i was at co-college and and we had gone to the playoffs you know a previous year at at valdosta state but in 2012 i mean going through that it was a complete blur because of how quickly you know you have to move on from one game to the next and and you never know who your opponent's technically going to be until you know the end of that evening Mm -hmm. and then you wake up next morning okay this is who we're playing. You know, and then you got all the logistics. And that you're go traveling into it, Traveling yep. and flying all over the place. Yep. And so it was – So would, yeah, we, were, we were pretty fortunate. Was that a your last team. year at Valdez State? No, or that would have been uh, – that would have been second my second one, to last year.
1: So yep. did that make next year's recruiting a little bit easier for you?
3: It did. It <laughs> did. But we, we lost – I mean, we lost so many good players on that 12 team. I mean, it was – I mean, that some of those guys are still mm-hmm. – they're still playing in the NFL. I mean and that's oh, wow. you know you're talking division 2 you're talking 6 years later mm-hmm. like that's that's pretty impressive mm-hmm. yes, but it is. you know there's there was a lot of good players on that team and you know I would say that you know that like you know any other team that you've referenced that you know that I've been around that's that's been successful mm-hmm. whether it's high school it just you know the, the whole cohesiveness and collection of the parts, you know, and the strength of those parts mm-hmm. is, is what made that team special.
0: In 2013 14, did you get a call from the University of Iowa or did you reach out to the University of Iowa that you were possibly interested in the linebacker recruiting coordinator job?
3: Um, You know, I, I think it was probably a little bit you know, mutual mm-hmm. I guess on on both ends. I I think um you know, I think they knew that I had interest. Yeah. Right. right. You know, and and then that, you know, just it kinda happened organically, mm-hmm. I guess, you know, and in the way things move forward, but, you know, that it was more, you know, just mutually mm-hmm. because of, you know, the very fortunate part in this whole deal and the reason that I'm sitting here is you know, because you've got a head coach that's going into his 21st year mm-hmm. at one school, you know, and, and there I am, you know, whatever it's been now, going into 13 years ago. Yeah. I was a graduate assistant here. Like right. that, You're not going to find those type of stories right. too many places where, you know, I think, you know, even though that was only eight years, you know, from the time that I had left or mm-hmm. whatever it was, five, five, six, seven years. You mm-hmm. know, he knew that there was interest, and, and I think Coach had paid – you know, close, close attention, attention to you know what we had done while I was at Valdosta State, yeah. knowing that that was outside of mm-hmm. you know my, my comfort zone. Right.
1: Well, there there was uh, two different interviews that we we found that Coach Friends made comments of things that intrigued him about you, and and one of them was your connection now to the South for recruiting, an area that they have, the University of Iowa has just kind of been lacking of and his excitement that here's a familiar face around these players that possibly could get the University of Iowa down there. And then number two was, right back to your comment of working under Coach Parker, that your ability to have someone that they could bring in that understands and that they're not gonna have to re educate how their defensive system works.
3: <laughs> yeah I I think Norm I think Norm was probably as much to do with you know me being back here as you know as as anything um you know i think he's no longer around now but you know i do think some of the things that he shared you know and to describe my time here as a graduate assistant for him you know has you know has led to you know, where I'm at right now.
0: So, as the linebacker coach since 2014, you're coming on five years almost uh, of coaching these different linebackers. Um, I guess the two that stand out for me uh, obviously, uh, Josie Jewell and Ben Neiman, two very good linebackers. We'll start with Josie, uh, now playing for the Denver Broncos. What was so different in him that he was just one of the standout players that? you've coached and what just made him so good
3: yeah i think probably his you know his inherent instincts you know just i mean he had an an unbelievable knack for finding the football and Mm -hmm. it's it's nothing that's it's nothing that's taught it's nothing that you know any coach would take any credit Mm -hmm. for you know he just he had it Mm -hmm. he had he had the ability to you know diagnose a play and Mm -hmm. know where he needed to be and know you know how to get there Mm -hmm. more importantly and um you know i I think that's you know there's nobody's taking credit for josie jewel the Mm -hmm. the one person that should take credit would be reese morgan for for getting josie jewel here Mm because he was the only one that wanted josie jewel right you know in recruiting and um and it would have been a shame had josie had gone and played at luther college you
0: know instead of the university of iowa uh, what's your philosophy when it comes to coaching these linebackers how do you how does Iowa continue the past at least as long as you've been here Iowa's linebacker core has been one of the stronger i guess what is your philosophy when you teach these student athletes about how to go about playing college football
3: yeah i think the you know the biggest thing is they just they have to understand you know what the what the expectation is defensively mm-hmm. and um you know the way that we're set up you know the linebackers are, you know they they are a huge part of it. Um, they've they've got to they've got to go out there and manage the game. Mm-hmm. And and managing the game is not what everybody pays attention to. Mm-hmm. And that's when the ball snapped. And that's when the you know the whistle's blown. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so much more to it than that. They there's, talk so there's much. There's everything play. that takes place, you know, in that ten seconds before the ball snapped. Right. That yep. That is equally or more important to how we do things mm-hmm. defensively. You know that that has to get communicated, and and all of that can change. You know, in in an adjustment of an inch in somebody's alignment. Right. And you know, I think that's you know that that's what they have to know up front. Mm-hmm. Is you know, there's there's more to this than just the physical you know ability to take on a blocker and run somebody down and make a tackle like you have to you know you have to manage the game for us mm-hmm. you have to get the four guys in front of you aligned and you have to tell them what they're doing you know on on most every play and you know so i, I think that expectation if if they know what the expectation is mm-hmm. in advance and and they know how important that is and then they they start to they start to feel it, you know, when we start practicing, mm-hmm. and you know, and there is a there is a breakdown in communication, mm-hmm. and they see what the result is, right? You know, then then it starts to register with them, and and then they they start to understand how important it is to be, you know, a very good linebacker, you know, at, at Iowa.
0: Because I mean, it's you hear it all the time. People are stunned, you know. I was not one of the top ten recruiting classes in the country, you know, but you can somehow turn these two- and three-star athletes into some of these incredible athletes when they leave college. That's probably the number one thing I heard about Josie Joel. Well, he wasn't, you know, only a three-star or something out of college. And he comes out, and you're like, well, how in the world was he not a five-star? I mean, it's just...
1: But even as we, we were sitting before we come up to visit with you today... You look at the wall, of consensus All-Americans and, you know, you look across there in about the mid-center, 1984, before Chuck sitting, And you think 25 years and 15 all consensus All-Americans. So at a dead average, it's it's every year, not even every other year that you're getting an All-American. And none of those were like huge names before they came to the University right. of Iowa.
3: Right, right. And then the two this past year that were drafted in the first round are yeah. not up there, right. you know. So there's there's been the stories that that are up there, and then there's there's been some equally or even better mm-hmm. stories of those that you know that they just they continued to get better, right. you know, even even beyond college. And right. I think that's you know that's that's the one thing that you know whether you you look at our recruiting or you look at you know kids that have just developed you know within our program i think it's it's all seen with the same eye you know what you know what can a young man you know become you know two years from now you know and unfortunately recruiting has sped up so much that you know now we're having to make these decisions you know much earlier and you know make you know make judgment on you know somebody that's just you know getting out of their sophomore year or in their sophomore year on what we believe they're going to be two years from now you know when when really you got to you got ask you well what it's gonna what's it gonna be six years from mm-hmm. now? yeah you right. know so it's it's it, crazy
1: yeah there's there's so much crazy development of the kids yep. you know it, it used to be that it was your you going into junior year, if you wanted to play football somewhere you'd fill it out or the coach would fill it out and say this is someone you should look at this year I think next year look at I, there's probably zero decisions made when someone's a senior unless it's been a one hundred percent flip on their junior year, but at that time, your what you have available is gone. Yep. To say, well, yeah, you want to come? It's a walk on, right? And we'll look at you. Yep. You know, but it's going to
0: cost you the dollars to come. Yep. So, uh, what's it like to coach under Coach Ference Now, the longest tenured coach in college football. You obviously said a little bit before the podcast you think he's the best fo- coach in college football, and I'd have to agree with you. I mean, what's it like to coach under a guy that's been coaching for twenty one straight years at Iowa that just doesn't happen I mean guys move all over
3: yeah I think you know more more importantly than you know than anything is is he is he's one of the best people to work for and he he allows you you know the opportunity to to come in here every day and do your job um and not do it with you know notes on how to do it or you know comments on how to do it he just you know he lets you let you do your job you know there's there's not a whole lot of micromanaging going on around here um and and because of that you know that that allows you to grow as a coach um it allows you to kind of you know in some ways make make some of your own mistakes Mm -hmm. and and figure out how to um how to correct those and um and not always be worried about looking over your shoulder but you know the environment that that's been created here and and I would you know I would add you know to, to go alongside you know of coach Ference you know you you've also got coach Parker who's been here yep. for the same yep. same amount of time you've got Chris Doyle who's been here for the same amount of time mm-hmm. Reese Morgan just left and that was after 19 years like you know the the stability and the foundation um that that exists around here is you know is is unlike anywhere else in the country. I mean it's, um, you know, and and we get people coming in here all the time wanting mm-hmm. to be around, you know, the program to, right. you know, to have the opportunity to see what it's you know what it's like. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know just that, you know that same way I described Norm you know, just n- never too high, never too low, right. you know, let's, you know, let's put a plan together and, and work the plan and adjust accordingly as we need to, but, you know, let's not, you know, let's not just, you know, do stuff on a whim, mm-hmm. like there's right. a way of doing things here, and there's there's certain individuals that we're looking, you know, to bring into this program, mm-hmm. you know, as players, and, mm-hmm. you know, we've we've all got an idea, a pretty good idea of what those individuals are, you right. know, are, are like and the characteristics that, you know that that makes up those individuals um but you know that to me i mean there's there's a blueprint here mm-hmm. you know you're right. not trying to figure out the blueprint
1: of of past programs you've been in it's it's usually really common that a head coach is either a an offensive play caller or b a defensive involvement in the game and that's always one of the unique things I've seen in the Iowa program is the offensive quarters making you know the calls and the defensive coordinator's making the calls over here, and how does that, or is that something you've been around other programs like that, or was that something different for you to come in and just have a coach be the mediator that brings it
3: all together, and makes the pie work? So the way that I described him is not, you know, not too high, not too low, just somebody that sees things on, you know, on both sides and and how you know, and how both parts work together. Cause there, there are head coaches out there that, you know, are, are only concerned about the number of points they score, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you'd hate to work for those guys if you were on the defensive side, right. you know, to, for us here, it's how can, you know, it's how can all three phases, you know, complement each other and, and how can we work together, you know, to win a football game versus, you know, how did, you know, how did it appear on offense or how did it appear on defense and, you know, but at the end of the day, you know we're we're all walking off the same field, feeling mm-hmm. the same way, right. you know, enjoying you know that that opportunity that we had and, and the chance to go out there and win a football game, regardless of you know how it appeared, right. you know, from a fans' perspective, like you know.
1: And then, as a coach, figure out how do we make it even get better the following week. Right.
3: right. So yep.
0: are ugly wins the harder wins to get past? <laughs> in, like like in, Nebraska. In, the, I mean, you know, there like, is
3: no such thing. It, right. They're all they're all wins. Yeah, all. yeah.
0: Do you have a favorite? One of the a favorite win over you know your time here at Iowa. I mean, the throttling of Ohio State was pretty cool. But I mean, is there a favorite um, from your perspective defensively? Iowa's had a lot of good defensive games. I mean, is there a favorite that you know that
3: that last game as a graduate assistant in 08 we beat South Carolina
0: yep, in the Outback bowl. Mm-hmm. bowl and 31 to 10 you know, and that bad. was
3: that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um we had beaten Penn State earlier yep. that year at yep. home. Yep. Um which was which was also pretty good and then mm-hmm. I mean the most recent ones yes
0: mm-hmm. um Michigan might stand out.
3: Michigan stands out Ohio house. I mean you look back on all of them and but right. you know the one thing that you, know, you find yourself in the coaching profe- I mean you can't you can't enjoy them too right. long because the next morning right. you're, right. Up, right. you know, moving on, and mm-hmm. you know. So you look back at them, and mm-hmm. you know.
1: A-, a win in Kinnick, we we've, we've been here. There's nothing better. We've all watched There's it. There's nothing better. And you sit there as a fan, and it gives you goosebumps in the last 14 seconds. And I don't care if we're blowing somebody out or you won by a small margin. The way that the sound echoes, it's almost I'd say that you get a vibration. Do you get the same feeling on the field of what we feel as well, we're sitting in the stands?
3: Probably not the same feeling. You know? <laughs> it is. Probably not the same feeling. But w- when it's over with, yes. I mean, it's – and when it's in Kinnick Stadium, I mean, there's there there's not a better place to play, in, right. in my opinion, yeah. especially, when, especially when you're playing well. Um, and when you're playing complementary football and, you know, offensively they've got things. Defensively, special teams, like it – and and you get you get the stadium into it and the fans and you know if it is if it is one of those more notable opponents that you know that the fans are more you know jacked up about right then right
1: well the, I think to say electric is an understatement but it is it's like an electricity yep that's just and you look down there and, and you look at the coaches and you look at the players when you start to see the players that may not be in the group that is in and out playing. But you see them just jumping up yep. and down. And
0: and then it gets everyone else going. It It's just... Well, is it weird to say that that might have picked up a little bit more in the past few years? Because, you know, before that, from 2008 to 2014, I mean, it was Penn State. And everyone just said, well, Iowa beat Penn State on that last second field goal. But now we can say we've beaten Michigan. We've beaten Ohio State. We've come close to Penn State. You know, and obviously the culture around here, the wave, obviously one of the biggest things, but... Does it feel like the culture is just different when, you know, maybe since 2015 when we went undefeated? I mean, is there – does it feel like something's different in the culture and how they are far – or how well they are behind Iowa Hawkeye football?
3: You know, I, I think the majority of the fans can, mm-hmm. can appreciate, you know, playing real good football. Mm-hmm. And and I think they know what real good they, they've – they've seen this brand of football – Play for now, going on twenty-one years, and I am not sick. And, and there is not, <laughs> and there is not been a whole lot of, you know, departure right, from, right. you know, ninety-nine to mm. where we're at right now. So right. I think, you know, they're well aware of, they know when we're playing good yes. football yes. and and good complimentary football because they've, you know, and so I, I think, you know, they've they've been around us, you know, and and seen good football, you know, for for a good deal of time mm-hmm. that i don't know that you know to answer your question that there's a mm-hmm. whole lot of difference right
0: yeah i got one final question for you uh you know you've coached so many different places do you ever just once in a while go back and just you know whether it be on social media or anything just kind of check on how they're doing and going all the way back to high school i mean obviously your parents still live in grinnell but you ever just go back and look and check on how they're doing
3: oh yeah i think you know i think you find yourself doing that all the time mm-hmm. um you know sometimes it's you know when, you know, when you can't get to sleep on a Friday night before a game, and you know you, you know, or you know, it's the, there's busy times during the week where mm-hmm. you're not too concerned about what happened with Co College or right, Valdosta right, State, right. but but yeah, you're, you know, and you, you're usually usually figuring it out mm-hmm. through you know through contacts mm-hmm. and people that yep. you've worked with because in a lot of places I'm still connected, mm-hmm, right. you know, with whether it be mom and dad. Still being in Grinnell, mm-hmm. um, you know whether it be you know some of the folks on Co College's mm-hmm. staff that I still know. I still know folks on on uh, on Lake Forest's mm-hmm. staff. Yep. You know, same thing down at Valdosta State. So you know, you stay connected, and you usually find it through some type of text mm-hmm. chain that you know. But but I play. I paid close attention this past year when Valdosta State won to mm-hmm. yep. won a national title because yep. I had you know I had a couple of guys on that staff mm-hmm. that I was I was close with
0: right. Well, coach, we really appreciate you uh, for letting us come in here and uh, talk to you. I don't think when this whole thing started, we'd ever be here. Um, but we really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to come in and sit with us. Um, and, uh, you know, it's it's good to get good insight from someone, you know, in obviously a Big Ten school. Um, so we really appreciate that. And I know we both love the Hawkeyes and, you know, we really look forward to see what's coming, but thank you so much for talking to us this afternoon
3: well dan thank you and and blake most importantly thank you and you know i can i can see your passion for this Mm -hmm. and you know when when you made the request i knew that that i needed to find time for it and Mm -hmm. i'm glad glad it worked out on Mm -hmm. both ends and you know if there's anything that that i can do you know moving forward just Mm -hmm. please let me know but you know what you're doing for tiger sports and Mm And everybody back in Grinnell is, you know, it's providing them with a perspective that, you know, they may not have known, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of years mm-hmm. ago existed. Yeah. And, and now they're getting a chance to, you know, to, to sit in firsthand with you and, and get, get your your vision and, and your way of seeing things. So thank you.
0: Yep, thank you. Thanks.
1: What can you say about an interview like that with Seth Wallace? I believe that, Blake and I walked away from the University of Iowa more excited about football and also to take away the whole side of the history of Seth Wallace and his journey to get where he was at. So we can't say thank you enough to Seth and uh, to open up his office and let us come in and sit down with him. And we'll just look forward to see what the University of Iowa has in store for him as he continues his journey there and it's always nice to know that the Grinnell Tigers have a small part of what the success of the Iowa Hawkeyes are so thank you again for Seth Walsh uh, let's hear a word from Polly Eyes
2: Pizza as we close this podcast out hey there I'm Joey Polly Eye third generation owner of Polly Eyes and Grinnell since 1957, we've been serving you the flavors you savor. Dine in, carry out, or pick up our frozen pizzas for a night in. Our promise to you, everything is made from scratch, and we only use the freshest ingredients, guaranteed. Plus, get your kids signed up for our Pags Pals program to get free pizza and shirts. Visit polyeyesgrinnellia.com or ask your server how to sign up. See you soon at Polyeyes Pizza Grinnell on 5th Ave. between Main and Broad Street
1: and thank you for tuning in and we'll be gone next week we're traveling on vacation so there will not be a podcast next week and then when we jump back into podcast number 16 we're going to sit down with Phil Calm with uh, Prairie Lakes Church he is also the Leader of the Fellowship Christian Athletes, so he'll be our next guest on for in two weeks. So join back into us as school starts to prep and get going, and then we'll also talk a little bit about the Tiger Liftathon that happened this past Friday. We're just kind of running short on time this week. So again, thank you for joining in. And I'm Dan Walker with the Tiger Sports Livestream Network. And Blake Walker had to step out, but again, join
0: us in one week. Thank you. Hoffman fires outside, Tanner Strand has it, he's looking downfield, wide open, A.J. Wilkins, no one is home. He's in, touchdown, Grinnell.
1: This production is a copyright of the Tiger Sports Livestream Network. Any use of this podcast or material from it is prohibited without the permission of the Tiger Sports Livestream Network.